Today, my guest, Timothy Cochran, he's here to join us to talk about American Corporate Partners. He's a senior vice president. He spent over 30 years in the New York Stock Exchange. He transitioned as a Marine Corps uh, enlisted technician, and he's here to talk about modern day, what we're facing, what veterans are facing in COVID, uh, what what's going on in the whole career military transition uh, situation in the business world in general, as somebody well connected with everybody, and and just tell us about the value of American Important Partners and what they have to bring. Timothy Cochran, coming up. Hey, Tim, I appreciate you taking the time to join me today on View from the Skies. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an honor to have you on here and talk American Corporate Partners as somebody who's, who's you know, went through the program. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm highly a big believer in, in the asset it provides. So thank you for that. Thank you for your, your military service. And uh, you know, I'll just let you introduce yourself and take it from there. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, so uh, I am the Senior Vice President for Business Development at American Corporate Partners. Uh, I joined ACP three years ago after over 30 years uh, at the New York Stock Exchange and a couple of different careers in the heart of all of that. I've done everything from start out at the exchange, work my way up through, uh, become a stockbroker, uh, from technician to stockbroker to know how to run the full gamut. I joined ACP about three years ago to help build out this program. Uh, and it has been the most uh, rewarding three years of my life, uh, especially coming from somebody who's a former Marine uh, who transitioned, right? Uh, so that's what ACP is all about. It really is. It's, it's super impactful for somebody who's transitioning out of the military. And really at its crux, it's a great way to translate your skills into meaningful employment. And that's what we focus on at ACP. Yeah, so, so tell us a little bit uh, about your transition, you know, uh, and leading into the 30 years in the stock exchange, you know, how, how did your transition go? Was it any different then than it is now? I mean, what, what are some of the differences maybe you see being on this side of it now? But, uh, you know, just, just walk the dog a little bit for us. Well, listen, I. I think there are so many more opportunities today. You know, everybody always says that, right? It's like listening to your father. Oh, when I was, you know, growing yeah. up. But literally when I left the military, you know, for me, you know, you, you went into, I, I separated out of Lejeune, um, you know, and I, I'll never forget the guy standing on the stage. Some major was talking about transition. And for me, it was like, give me my DD-214 and get me the hell out of here. Uh, I, I got to get out of the Marine Corps and little did I know what I was heading into, you know, prior to the Marines, I, you know, I went to high school and I, my claim to fame was I was the youngest, uh, uh, assistant manager for McDonald's in the tri-state area at 17, you know, it was like, you know, that was my career path until some, uh, Marine Corps recruiter came through the drive-thru one night and said, Hey, what are you doing in this one-way loser job? And the next thing I know, you know, I'm in Syracuse with my hand in the air. Uh, but, you know, the Marine Corps, I was blessed to get a great education, technical training, 
Um, but when I got out, that's that's one of the things that I, I so identify with with ACP uh, is that I'll never forget my transition because when I got out, you know, I, I went on 20 interviews I had no business being on in the Marine Corps. I was the mine detector repairman in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. So who the hell was looking for a mine detector repairman in Lower <laughs> Manhattan? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and that's that's why ACP is so impactful because you know, if I had a mentor when I got out of the Marine Corps, I wouldn't have wound up on all the interviews that I had no business being on. And they really the whole key to having a mentor is they they spend that time helping you figure out what your Marine Corps experience. Uh, translates to into a meaningful career. You know, I, I wound up um, going on a bunch of interviews. A friend of a friend told me that the guy who ran technology at the New York Stock Exchange was a former Marine, and he could get me an, an interview with the guy. And I'll never forget, I went in for the interview, and uh, he laid the schematic out in front of me, and I looked down, and I didn't have a clue what the hell was on the piece of paper. Um, and he said, you know, trace the signal. And then he looked at my face and he saw that I was white as a ghost and he reached down, rolled it into a ball, shot it over into the garbage pail and said, hell, if you can survive Paris Island, I can train you. Next thing you know, I'm a floor ticket, you know, floor technician at the New York stock exchange, fixing ticker tape machines. Um, as guys were trading 4,000 people trading all around me. So, you know, I took advantage of a lot of opportunities. One of the things I tell our guys and gals is they're coming out, you know, nobody assigns you to be the, the you know, you, you don't join the Marine Corps to, to fix mine detectors. You know, you get assigned that job, but you really don't know anything else when you come out, even though you, you have great skills. You had great, I went to almost two years of school out at the stumps. Uh, and so, you know, all of a sudden to bring it all to a head and, and wind up in a great job, you know, today you need help. And that's what ACP does for you. Yeah. And I think the one, you know, one of the key things you you hit on there um, and it's, it took you through that path indirectly, but it came down to that networking piece. Right. And maybe not through the mentorship, but it was the, the friend of the friend or, or, or the friend who knew this guy who was a Marine. Uh, and then all it took was, you know, to be able to look you in the eye and go, yeah, all right, you have what it takes. And, and, you know, those opportunities aren't as much necessarily there, or I guess I won't even say they're not there. They are there. You just, you have to find those opportunities. Um, and I think to your point, you know, there's almost an overwhelming of opportunities now before it was, Hey, I'm the mind detector. I was told what to do. Hey, this person's given me an opportunity, a chance, and I'm going to do what I'm told. And, and then I'm going to you know grow myself from there. Um, so, so now we transition into today, right? Where, the opportunity is, well, I can really make it or I'm fit or I could do anything I put my mind to uh, as long as I have some technical skill and can really sell the story or sell that background. And uh, with, with all the opportunities that were out there that you that you can move forward, but then it just becomes a little bit at, at some point becomes overwhelming. It becomes uh, you know overwhelming of data where where the fact that it's like, all right, I know I'm a project manager. I land, I, I ran operations and plan, you know, 100 missions from start to finish. 
so what, what does that mean? I'm a project manager. Sure. Maybe I even went and got my PMP, but then I start looking into it. I start looking at, uh, manufacturing. I start looking at, uh, banking. I start looking, and then it becomes, well, project management is different, you know, just in this example and each and every one of those fields. So where am I truly a fit? And it still goes back to that piece, that networking piece that, that, you know, gave you that opportunity and, and then some leap of leap of faith on, on that person's end. So, um, you know, and you're right. It, uh, as far as ACP goes now, that opportunity is pushed to the forethought of your mind and, and you get that year, hopefully on the year in the front side of your transition, or maybe, where the, you know, both sides of the transition to help kind of figure yourself out, build that network, get that feedback and as early as possible. So, uh, you can make those, make those decisions with all the data that's, uh, and opportunities are being crammed, uh, you know, kind of in front of your face. Well, look, the, the, first of all, the guy who's coming out of the, the guy and gal who are coming out of the military already have this great foundation, right? And this is what I found. I get to the floor of the New York Stock Exchange in 85 because I had technical background. That's why I got that job. But hell, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on the floor. One of the guys down there was a, a bit of a, a psycho who every time he had a bad trade, he'd break the machine that, you know, back in the day, you know, you remember the big trading crowds. Um, you know, every trade was registered, right? So you'd have a guy there who was taking it down, putting it on a card and into a machine it would go. And then you'd see it go around the world on, on the ticket tape, right? That's how they recorded those trades. Well, this one guy, he, if he had a bad trade, he, he'd stick his ham sandwich in the machine or dump his coffee in there, you know. And one day the exchange came down and they said to him, listen, we don't care how much money you make here. You, you break this damn machine one more time, you're out of here. And so the guy hires me to, to stand there. He calls me over. He says, hey, can you give me a favor? He said, you know, stand here. If something happens to the machine or I go nuts, he says, you fix it before the exchange finds out. Because if I get tossed, my firm will go nuts. Um, and so I did that for a couple of weeks, standing there with this guy. And he said, you know, you seem like a pretty smart kid. How about I make you my clerk? And at the same time, I could teach you to trade. And you can fix the machine and, and I don't have to pay you a hundred bucks out of my pocket every week to stand here. Well, you know, it's about right place, right time, but it's also, you don't know what you don't know. I went on from that to becoming a stockbroker, a member of the New York Stock Exchange. And I built one of the largest independent floor operations at the exchange with like seven seats, 35 sales traders and so on and so forth. But it, it was all, you know, in my head, I was an electronics tech. But I went on to a career, you know, that hell that led me from everything to uh, be involved at the exchange to running for Congress. Uh, but it all stems back to that foundation of can do attitude and everything else that you bring to the table. People are going to open up your eyes. That's why, you know, it keeps coming back to ACP for the simple fact. Look, guys, gals, everybody that's out there. Two months ago, we have this conversation and I talk about, yeah, we're trying to help you find meaningful trends, uh, you know, uh, careers. We got 30% unemployment right now. Hmm. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a, a crazy dynamic that's going on in this country. You have all these people and you have transitioning veterans who are now coming into it, who don't know how to translate their skills, most of them into a career, and they're going to be at the bottom of the pile. 
So to have somebody from ACP, and, and we can go into how ACP actually works, but to have somebody there who's got six, eight, 10 years experience, who's willing to open up doors for you, you know, help you translate those skills, work on your resume, work on interview skills, so on and so forth. Hell, you're nuts not to take advantage of it because you need it more than ever. Yeah, no, and let's dive into it because, uh, you know, it's the crazy part is, 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 um, you know, yes, there are other resources that potentially are out there, you know, to, to take a look at your resume, uh, and whatnot, but the, the passion that lies within the mentors at ACP is to me what, what still is carrying on to this day for me. So, so, I mean, I, I've highlighted it a few times, uh, you know, on some of my posts on LinkedIn, but I mean, my mentor has led, led me to another, um, a former peer of his who was an army veteran. Uh, so, so we started chatting and we had some things in common, you know, and, uh, it, in that conversation, he connected me with his brother who was another army veteran. And, and here I am four years, you know, five years removed now, somewhere in between there of, uh, of the transition and in that second and third network is still paying off. And, and I've had wonderful conversations. I've still, uh, you know, had people go, okay, well, I'm going to walk this to this person's desk, you know, because of the fact that, uh, it's multiple things. It's, Hey, I know, you know, Bob and Bob vouches for you. So even though we've had a 30 minute conversation, uh, and I know, and I know your military, know your background, you're a good dude. So let me look at your resume, scrub it one more time, make sure it's not out left field and I'll walk it, you know, to, to the hiring manager's desk. So that is going to be even more powerful, um, you know, amongst, like you said, the 30% that are laid off right now. And in that passion to me is there with American corporate partners. And I hear it in your voice and it trickles down through, through the mentors that you guys select. So, so walk us through a little bit, uh, a little bit more about, you know, American corporate partners, the process and, and really what, what is all offered. Sure. So ACP was founded by a guy named Sid Goodfriend. Sid happened to be walking into the world trade center or towards the world trade center on September 11th on a business uh, outing when the second plane flew over his head and like everybody else in America was extremely affected by the events of that day. And from that point on, he's trying to figure out how he could give back. And he comes up with this brilliant idea, kind of like a big brothers, big sisters to the military. Only in, in this case, you know, your, your little brother is a 220 pound Marine and your big brother's got 10 years experience as the head of fleet uh, management at home Depot. Right. And so, the, the whole process is to pair somebody up post 9-11 veteran with somebody for a year for, you know, what we like to say is 12 significant conversations, an hour a month. Most of it's virtual where they talk about everything from resume review to what certifications you may need to interview skills to uh, what you should be taking advantage of in school if you're taking advantage of the GI Bill so that you wind up with, you know, a, a full plate of things that you can convert into meaningful employment. That's all we, we're concentrating on. You know, Sid felt that if you could go off and serve this country after 9-11, you know, when you came back after 10 years, you should be on the same playing field as everybody else after putting yourself in harm's way while the rest of us are able to go about our lives and build a, a network and build our careers up, right? Now, all of a sudden, you're coming back and you're starting from scratch. And that's what this is all about. You know, and, and you said it, it's not only just about finding a great job and our veterans find 
great jobs. Over 70% of them last year found meaningful employment as a result of having a mentor from ACP. But not everybody's looking for a job, right? And so, you know, no matter what you're looking to do, ACP can provide you. We have over 90 Fortune 500 companies. I mean, everything from Nike and Cisco to Bristol Myers to Lockheed Martin and and so on and so forth. Financial services, logistics, manufacturing. I mean, it's endless. And the other end of it is, is our citizens program, whether you want to go into, uh, you know, FBI, CIA, uh, nonprofit work. Hell, we got a couple of astronauts who are mentors in the program. So no matter what you want to do, we're going to pair you up for a year. All you had to do was serve post 9-11 or be an active duty spouse with somebody who's going to guide the transition into, you know, if you're finding the job. But listen, like I said, you might be out three years and, you know, you you're underemployed because you took the first thing you got right out of the military, right? You're unemployed day one. Uh, Our mentors are there to help you so that you don't wind up underemployed, that you get the right job, right? That you have somebody there that's going to do everything from help you negotiate salary to open up their network. You know, it's endless. I mean, really, there's so many great things out there, Ryan. You and I both know it. Great organizations for getting jobs. Hire heroes, hiring our heroes. MOA helps people, you know, Military Officers Association of America. I could go on and on, right? O2O has got an unbelievable program, the IVMF, you know, out of Syracuse. Incredible programs. But what happens is those programs end, right? ACP is going to be there with you for a year. You're going to have a mentor and somebody from ACP who spends the entire year with you making sure that you're getting provided resources, opening doors for you. Hell, it's like getting a rich uncle, right? Yeah. Somebody who's got six, 10 years experience that want to help you through, you know. And and I'd love to say all our veterans are patriots and, and they join the military because they want to fight for Uncle Sam. Well, that's horse crap. The fact of the matter is, is a lot of them joined because it's the best damn deal in town at the time, right? They don't want to have to pay to go to college. They can go and get trained. You know, they leave small town USA. Now they got this great, you know, they got great skills, you know, and 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 they want to get a meaningful career. They got great education. ACP's there to help them. I mean, I get blown away by it. Like I said, over 3,000 men and women currently enrolled in the program. You know, over 17,000 men and women have gone through it and said it's changed their life. Yeah. So, and, and some of the things that I wanted to highlight too, and, and you touched on some of it, right. Is it's more than, I know we've, we've talked about the networking and the power that networking has to offer, but it, but it's more than that. Like, I mean, I, I literally, like I said, uh, I guess let's see, my daughter's two now. So it was, uh, three, whatever, three, four years, I guess, after my mentorship ended three and a half years or so, I reached out to my mentor, my, my former mentor who I'm still connected with. Uh, and I just like, I don't know who to ask about this five, two, nine, what's this five, two, nine thing. Uh, who do I ask? Uh, I'm not going to ask my mother or my father. Uh, even if there was such a thing, then they don't know what it was. They wouldn't know what it is. So I just started asking around. Most of my friends don't have kids. So I, I was like, I'll ask my mentor. I know he has two kids and you know, he's a smart individual. He's a vice president of an organization. He must know something about a five, two, nine. And sure enough, like he, he decided like, 
hey, here's my two cents on the 529. And then, you, you know, and that that's one example. And the other was, you know, for me, I went through the transition with him and then I went through another transition, which was kind of really the first plan I was going for. It just took a little bit while longer to reach. But as I was going through that, I mean, I, I had some tough times. Like I had some doubt and, and I really had, you know, had moved locations you know my wife and i were kind of added a little bit we had the added stress like you said of a little bit of underemployment and i i you know i didn't want to go you know cry to my friends who were still in the military so i didn't look bad like uh, i should have stayed in you know what did you do because i was already getting enough second guessing as it was of are you sure you want to do this i mean you were a helicopter pilot now you're working at a truck stop you know like yeah. and so i you know i had a lot of frank unbiased conversations like hey let me lay it out for you here's my thought here's where i'm struggling here's where i'm at and and it was um, you know, well, what about this? What about that? And it was, you know, wasn't, wasn't a, wasn't somebody who was, you know, looking at it with any, you know, for any worth in either way, other than to help me out. So to me, that was the, like, that was the most powerful piece of it all was, was having that, having that somebody who knew you well enough, but, but didn't, you know, like have a, like vested interest in you so much where you couldn't confide in them. And, and that to me was, was the most powerful piece probably of the, of the whole part. Well, that's, that's the thing too, Ryan, you know, <clears throat> I had a senior leader come up to me a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to him very seniorly, right? ACB has everything from E threes to three stars coming into our program, right? Hell, we, one thing we all have in common, most of us went into the military right out of school. And so never worked a day in corporate America. And so I'm talking to this guy and I'm saying, you know, we should hook you up with a mentor. And he was like, no, no, I don't need a mentor. I got this. I was like, hmm. So you just told me how you went right from college into the military. You've been in there 28 years and you got this, huh? Good luck, brother. And and a lot of it is, is you know, you, the mentorship is tempering expectations. Because you, you really don't know, is, as much as you don't translate those skills, you have a rough time, most military people do. They, the other end of it is, uh, is, is knowing where you fit. Because when you walk into that office the first day, nobody cares what's on your shoulder or, or on your lapel. Uh, you're, you're just the older guy, you know, or, or you know, the new young guy. But in, in general, nobody cares about your military, you know, now that now that guy walks in and he's got a star on his shoulder or he's got six you know stripes on his sleeve, everybody's bending backwards. Uh, it's a new world, folks. Wake up. Come on. Here's what you're doing. And that's where the mentor really. So I get to the floor in 85, right? And I had great skills. And, and obviously, you know, I, I, I did great. But that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was like month seven, month eight, month nine. You know, where all of a sudden now I'm working in the civilian world and, you know, I still speak military ease, you know, and it's one thing to work for your first sergeant. Now you're working for a supervisor and, you know, it's it's a whole nother world. And that's really where mentorship kicks in. And you said it right. It's it's having somebody over a cup of coffee on a Saturday morning to say, hey, chill out, try this, try this, try this so that you better get along with your, with your, uh, your supervisor so that you can get along better with, with your colleagues so that you don't have to transition twice. And listen to this stat, Ryan, of the men and women who went through this program, 17 to 18, 
84% and identified as having meaningful employment, 84% were still in those jobs a year later, 84%. That's unprecedented in America, right? But it's because they don't have to transition twice because they got somebody there, you know, to, to help them come month eight and month nine. And that helped them pick the right job right out of the gate. And look, it's, hell, this conversation, you know, really, when you think about what was going on three months ago versus what's going on today, forget about it. Literally, you need, you know, this person or anybody. You don't need just one person. You need five people working for you to try to help you. If you're looking for meaningful work, um, in an, you know, in an environment where it's 30% unemployment, you know, there's a lot of people who have to get back to work first before you. Yeah. So, so let, let's touch base on that. Cause we are, you know, we are in it. We're in COVID-19. Uh, so what, what does the veteran do? I mean, like, you're right. I, I mean, I talk to folks every day and they're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get out. I'm going to stay in. I'm going to take reassess this whole thing. I'm pulling my packet. And, uh, you know, I understand it, um, you know, but, but at the same time, I'm not sure if I, you know, the, the train's moving down the track. If you made the decision, you made the decision for a reason. And if it's just because it got harder, um, you know, is that the right reason to change your mind or do you just need to work that much harder because because you made the decision to get out so uh you know talk to us about what you're seeing you know in, in the current situation and how potentially vets are overcoming uh you know through american corporate partners uh, a lot of what's going on and, and i'm guessing we covered most of it right we, you know we're talking about the the mentoring and the network and the you know fine-tuning the resume and all that stuff but i mean what, what are your thoughts on what's going on right now in the world today so to speak yeah no listen when it comes down to the veteran, the the guys, you know, we're pretty blessed, right? Because the guys and gals that we see are pretty proactive, right? If you're getting a mentor or you're going into one of these other programs and you're taking, and, and really that's what it comes down to, you know, the, the you're going to have to bust your butt to, to get ahead in this environment. I mean, look, you got all this unemployment, right? 30% unemployment. The, the first people that are going to get back to work are the, the, the great people that were great employees that had gotten let off because the company needed to downsize to, to stay afloat or whatever, right? So you got to get all those people back to work, right? Then the next layer is, okay, we hire people with translatable skills, people who we know, actually know did this job before and we can hire them next. The third layer is the, you know, the, the, the unskilled, but somebody we can train right out of the gate because they haven't done anything else. Then the fourth is the guy like the, the, the veteran is my thinking because he's going to come to the table. He's already got great skills and he's a little bit ahead of the game, but he's has, he, he, he gets in front of a hiring manager and that person, you know, doesn't have the time to help them translate their five page resume or say, Hey, look, you know, you, you ran a prick 77 in the military and, you know, you could take it apart and blah, blah, blah. Well, what the hell's a prick 77? Because I don't have the time to figure that piece out. And so thank you very much. I got 200 other applicants. So you got to be able to be on your game and work really hard at getting that next position. You know, I, I think that, you know, 
of the guys and I, I hear it all the time, guys, you, you're hearing it. I'm hearing it that they're pulling their papers. They, they're sticking around. You know, I don't think that's a the bad idea for a lot of people just until we see what this all looks like. The one thing I can tell you is, and I get to talk to CEOs literally on a weekly basis. They all want to hire veterans. They already know that the veteran comes to the table with a great foundation. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not a complete skill, you know, complete tasks. You're great communicators. You know, you work in teams under chaotic environments. You know, you'll work late over time till the job gets done. They get it. They want you. But the hiring managers never served in the military, so they don't know what the mm-hmm. hell you're talking about. So you got to work really hard on that part of it, is getting those skills, translating it, have a pitch, and go to town and build a network. I mean, that's it. You know, listen, this is what I do day in and day out, right? I'm working, uh, like I said, we get anywhere from 30 to 40 applications a day now from guys and gals who are looking for a mentor. Yeah, no, I mean, so pitch and network. I mean, that that's really that simple, and that's what it boils down to. Because, um, because, like you said, not even that, that you know the hiring manager most likely, um, you know, is probably somebody who's your peer age group. You know, for for the, for the average person probably getting out or the average ACP uh, mentee, it's probably somebody who's about their age. I mean, l- listen, my my plant manager is about my age, you know? And like I, when I first went in there, I'm calling him sir. And he's like, why are you calling me, sir? We're, the, we're like the same age here, you know, like, uh, stop calling me, sir. You know, I'm like, well, you're the plant manager. You're like the battalion commander, man. Like, uh, you know, but okay. You know, I got it. So whatever. Um, but, uh, but then that recruiter, um, you know, and, and, and it's, I think it's our goal to get past the recruiter. Uh, cause that's just, that's just one, you know, one sifter, uh, that to, to try to sift through the sand, so to speak. So you, and you want to get to that hiring manager, or at least somebody who knows the hiring manager, cause that recruiter is probably some 20 some year old, you know, person, so to speak, who knows even less about the military than at least maybe a hiring manager had one or two potential veterans, maybe, maybe out for a while, but uh, maybe had them on their team somewhere along the line. So, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then, you know, we talk about networking, 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 but then you get that opportunity. You have to, you know, the mighty Casey don't strike out, you know, like it's your chance uh, to get up there and grab the bat. No doubt. And that's, that's what, you know, first of all, ACP is the only person who does what we do in the entire United States. There is no other program like it, right? It's the only one-on-one full year corporate mentorship program in the United States. And there's absolutely no cost to the veteran, right? Our companies, we're blessed to have great companies that fund the whole operation and they support not only the mentors, but the funding. Thank God I'm not out there having to beat down doors like other nonprofits trying to raise money day in and day out. You know, in, in our case, you know, our companies step to the plate, our citizens groups step to the plate and they support those mentorships. So we're in good shape from that side. But look, you know, there's going to be a lot of great opportunities too. You know, it's not all gloom and doom folks. There's a lot of great opportunities, small businesses, right? You're seeing hundreds and hundreds of small businesses that were just barely making it that are never going to come back. There's going to be great opportunities to fill voids by smart entrepreneur, you know, and spit it out, junior entrepreneurial spirit uh, to start a new business uh, and, you know, maybe your timing is right. Different things are going to happen. You know, I survived September 11th. I was, you know, a block from 
when the towers got hit and I worked on that pile for a week uh, and, and before we reopened the exchange. And so, you know, I watched what happened to Lower Manhattan. There was a, a total transformation of what happened to Lower Manhattan. First of all, now all the business that was there, a lot of that business is gone. You, you come to Lower Manhattan, it's residential and, and retail like you've never seen before. But, but prior to September 11th, it was the financial capital center of the world. Um, not so much anymore. So you're going to see and ripple effects from all of that. You know, so many different businesses, so many different ways of, of change. Look, I've been home for like almost three months now. You know, we've been affected big time by COVID here in New York. Um, personally been affected big time by it. So, you know, th that's going to set a whole new dynamic for people, how we communicate. Look at us, you know, you know, we're blogging and and uh, podcast in a way, but all day long, all I'm on is Zoom uh, and video conferencing and, and the way we do business. So industries like commercial real estate are going to take a huge hit. There's no doubt in my mind, you know, so different, different industries are going to get hit. Different industries are going to grow like there's no tomorrow. You got to just be able to seize something, you know, and, you know, you got to do the work, man. Nobody's going to hand you anything. Yeah, no, and I love it because it's about filling the void, uh, I guess, so to speak. And uh, I, there's uh, an episode I just launched a few weeks ago. It's about uh, you know franchise opportunities, and you'd be surprised that it's not just the McDonald's and the Chick Fil A's, and you know there there are you know at home franchises, you know that like you know they're tutoring, you know, high, basically you're just you're you're the middleman, so to speak, or you're the businessman who's who's putting tutors in front of in front of students type thing. And that one th that's been around for a while just took off, you know, obviously right now with all the schools being shut down. So so there are opportunities, um, you know, but I, I gave some advice to an individual today and he gave me the and, and it circles back to you don't know what you don't know, which which I'm curious to get your opinion on and how do you start to know but but my advice to him was as i as i kind of kept pulling and pulling and pulling information from him uh, i'm going yeah i think you know what you want you don't might not know what the job is but i think you know based on your personal interest your professional interest uh you know or really what your dislikes are um but you're searching for some magic bullet right and there's there's under a uh, to me, there's underemployment without a plan, and there's un and then there's underemployment with a plan. And if uh, it, and if you you take that potential opportunity, almost like an apprenticeship or right an internship, it's it's hey, I'm not doing this right now for the money. Uh, I am underemployed in the money, but I'm overemployed in the knowledge and the education and the skills that I'm training. And some of those opportunities are going to be there now much to your point uh, with with your career to have make a difference and make a change. And, and to me, if you, if you over, if you uh, gain employment, guess wrong, kind of like I did, uh, you know, cause I thought I wanted to be in retail management. All the tests told me to do that. And within two months I realized that I, I made the wrong choice. Uh, then I had to start uh, fresh again. Now, luckily, uh, I won't say luckily. I mean, I network, network, network it took two years to get me into my current role basically, but, uh, I made that, made that jump and made that transition. Um, but if you need, if you start 
I guess at the at a lower level and you swing and you miss, then it's okay to still go, okay, well, it was two months. Uh, I don't even have to add it onto my resume, so to speak. I, I learned what I what wasn't for me. Hmm. Um, and, and to me, now's the time to take some of those. If you're, if you're in that position where I can't seek employment uh, and I don't want to, you know, necessarily get underpaid, don't just take any job and get underpaid. Take the one that's going to lead to that career. Take the one um, that, that's going to mean something next. And this, this individual, he was just talking to me and, you know, and I just, I just kind of want to just, uh, you know, be the, basically be there, um, so to speak, you know, like do my job, do hard, work my job hard, but, but really not put in for the long-term the growth plan. I have some other side interests. I just want to do things for two, three years and kind of reassess the situation after that. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to be uh, stressed. I don't want to feel pressure to do this. I don't want to do that. I, I like to be outside. I like to be moving around. I like to have a freedom. And I'm like, you know, why don't you think about doing this, you know, take, take an entry level role into this, where it might be an entry level, it might be a little bit below what you're thinking, but if you swing and you miss, you're in no different place, but if you swing and you hit, it's going to launch you into this and it's going to play off your strengths and it's going to play off your interests. So uh, I just think there's opportunities out there. If you kind of really break it down to the lowest level possible, of what you like and what your interests are, you're going to find a way um, you know, to move forward. Hey, listen, rich or poor, you gotta have money, Ryan. Rich or poor, you gotta have money, right? Uh, that's what we're striving for, right? And and not only you want to be able to take care of your family and 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 then have the fine finance to do it, you also want to enjoy what you're doing. Life steps in, you know. I get to the, like I said, you know, look at my path. Uh, I was a clerk for, as a specialist clerk, the way the floor worked in those days, you had a, a two different types of brokers. Uh, they called them specialist brokers, kind of like the shopkeeper for a stock. And then you had a floor broker, guys who were independent brokers or worked for Morgan and Merrill and, and the houses. And they bought and sold stock, kind of like a stockbroker's stockbroker. Um, they, you know, they did the actual end part of it. You know, and I, look, I was a technician who, Right place, right time, wind up as a clerk. Uh, but they weren't exactly getting ready to make me a partner of the firm, you know. Uh, and and so, but I watched the people that were around me, you know, right place, right time. But I felt like, you know, I didn't know the first thing about being a stockbroker, but I, I watched what they did. I figured I could do that. Uh, and then I walked outside and I saw the guy driving a Jag and somebody handed him a nice pair of shoes and a jacket and he got into his Jaguar. And I said to myself, holy crap, if that guy could do it, I could do that. And, you know, I set myself on that course. Um, and that's, you know, a lot of that is that Marine Corps can do attitude. I'm sure that I, I know was instilled in me in Paris Island and so forth. Uh, and so many of our, you know, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, you know, that basic core of, of you know, uh, charge ahead. You got to take chances. You know, listen, all the old adages, right? You know, you got to have some failures in order to be successful. Uh, very few people just skyrocket right out of the gate, you know. I mean, we've seen them. Guys who went to school and then they went to college. And they got a full ride and went to law school or they went to medical school and blah, blah, blah. And, you know. But they're so few and far between. The fact of the matter is, is that you got to take a lot of chances, you know, especially, you know, as you're moving up through. I know I did. I mean, hell, 
I left the, the exchange changed in 2007. They literally threw the switch and, and made the New York Stock Exchange go into what they call the hybrid uh, uh, system. But it really was just taking the whole damn thing electronic. And so they took out, you know, a lot of what I did. So I left and I started a real estate company, you know, and I did that for some years. Uh, wound up selling that and then went back to the floor. And then now I'm, you know, uh, a veterans advocate at, at ACP and, and uh, really, really found something that I love doing every day. It takes time. I'm 57 years old. You know, for years I made money and I had a great job and I built a business. I was stressed out of my damn mind. Uh, now, you know, I get to help people who are, are going through some of those same things. I mean, that's what life's all about. So, but I, I agree, man, you gotta, you know, you gotta take a step back. My first clerk job, I went from, I, I think I was making like 34 grand or 40 grand as a technician on the floor, which was a great job back in, in, you know, the, the, the late eighties, uh, to making $99 a week as a clerk, but I was willing, I knew stockbrokers did okay. So to take a step back, you know. It was worth it to me to take the chance. But look, if you got a wife and three kids and big time expenses, you know, that's that's not so easy to do. Yeah, no. And uh, I love it because you said, uh, you know, the, the part about really taking chances. And I think most of us in the military um, now, I, I guess I can't speak for you, but I mean, I, I don't know if I ever really f- took. I mean, I took risk, obviously, by the nature of my job and position, but I don't know if I ever really took chances. You know, I don't know if I ever really failed. I mean, I might've, you know, whatever the range didn't kick kick off at, at zero 600, it kicked off at zero six, you know, 22, because I didn't have all the paperwork lined up, you know, and the, and the commander was pissed or whatever, you know, but, but I mean, was that really a failure? No, I don't think we're very used to like taking risk, calculated risk and failing. Like, I think a lot of us are afraid to fail. And I think that's, that's to your point. And, and, and I'll be frank, um, you know, I have a, I have a side interest, um, in real estate and, I've, I've been reading, 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 and I'm like, now, uh, I have some opportunities that have been presented to me and it's going to take some, some risk and some chances, but I I'm been sitting on the sideline and I I've ran the numbers and I've calculated it and I go, okay, now's the time. And, w- and when I go to it, it you know, our, our employers about to lay off about 25%. People are like, Oh, you're worried about it. I'm like, no, first of all, it gives me more time to spend with my, my daughter, um, for a little while, you know, obviously then reality will kick in. I said, but worst case scenario, I've put myself in a financial situation where I will, I will hunker down. I will go move, uh, you know, either in with the, my mother-in-law or, or, or in a, in a, in a house I could buy for cash somewhere, maybe not the ideal town I want to see myself in retire, but something that I can afford. I'll fix it up. I'll flip it. I'll work at Lowe's part-time so I can get the double discount. I could get my veteran discount and my employee discount. And oh yeah, I can meet contractors uh, who I'll need in my network if I'm going to get serious about this. And that's where my, my point is, is like, would it be a step down? Absolutely. It'd be a step down. I'd be an hourly worker, but where does that path lead forward? And to me, that path is forward at the end of the day, because I just realized like I, I am not the greatest at, at being bossed around and doing what I 
told to do. I'm good at that stresses me out more in a 40 hour work week than it would a 90 hour work week, you know, doing what I love and enjoy doing and having control and having the flexibility to go, I'm not working on Friday, but I'm going to work on Saturday. So, uh, and I'm not saying that this is the path and to do it by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but to me, it goes back to that individual I talked to earlier today saying, I don't, I don't know what I want to do. I said, I said, what book do you keep picking up, picking up when you click on a show? What show do you keep clicking on when you read the newspaper or whatever you, you pick up your phone, what articles, what you're clicking on is your interest. Now's the time you're leaving the military. Uh, now's the time to do what you want to do. Uh, so if, if you can do that and make the equal step, I mean, that should certainly be your goal. Uh, to, to be, you know, be a project manager, to be a construction project manager coming out of the Corps of Engineers? Yes. But if you weren't, if you're whatever, an infantryman and you want to get into real estate, well, guess what? You're probably going to have to, you know, take a step down into whatever, you know, some assistant, you know, office manager or go get your real estate license and, and start, you know, from the floor up it, to it grow your network and learn the organization before you really can launch your career. But that's the best part about being on this side of it, right? It's not, I'm better than my premieres promote, promote with my peers. It's I'm putting in the time, effort, work, energy, knowledge, and I might be behind them in a year or two. And in a year or two, I may be 10 levels above them. Um, I don't have to just get promoted with them or one year before them. So, or, or go to a promotion board, so to speak. So that, that's the part I love about it. It's about what you create for yourself. Well, and, and the other thing too, is, you know, we got to go back to networking and, and learning different things. You know, it, it does come down to, you don't know what you don't know. And we keep saying it, but the fact, you know, I was talking to the executive director of the corrosion experts of America, which I didn't even know such a thing <laughs> existed never mind a whole organization but a corrosion expert right and and so you know we were talking about translating skills and he was saying hell give me every one of your tank commanders he said i could i could get every single tank commander in the united states army hired he said just from their maintenance skills and knowing how to keep their tank running you know in crazy temperatures in crazy environments uh, you know, where everybody's life is on the line. If the damn thing isn't running right, that guy knows more about maintenance than anybody else. Uh, and he has, a, you know, they have great careers in corrosion uh, and, and, and maintenance and, and management jobs, right? Uh, hell, how many tank commanders are thinking they're going to become a corrosion expert? Right. Probably right. none. You well, know, well, how do you meet yeah. that guy? And they don't, and they don't, how do you meet them? And you don't, and you look at it and you gloss over it. Oh, that's not a sexy position or whatever, you know, what's a corrosion expert. I didn't know. Like you said, I don't even know they had those. So then you go, you kind of just, yeah, next I'm going to the, uh, go to Amazon or I'm going to, you know, you know, whatever the case is. And and that's, that's the sad part. Yeah. It's what we talked about at the beginning. You know, there's just so much data and information out there. You don't know until you start networking and talking with people. And that's the great part about ACP. And, and I talk up LinkedIn too, you know, ACP AdvisorNet, you know, I don't know if you know about AdvisorNet. Um, so your listeners should definitely, if you're a veteran and you're not on AdvisorNet, you're also nuts. Uh, General Petraeus came into Sid a number of years ago and said, hey, look, this program's incredible. I think at the time, maybe we had 500 people going through, um, you know, was when we first got started. He said, but what, what about the other 200,000 men and women who separate service every year? 
So Sid reached out to his friends at IBM and had them build the VisorNet, which is, re- is, is literally LinkedIn for the military. I mean, there are tens of thousands of advisors uh, and, and veterans on there. Uh, all you have to do is go to the ACP webpage. You'll see there's a link to ACP AdvisorNet. Go there. You can put in your zip code and anywhere in America, find somebody who's a professional in whatever career you want to go in. And unlike LinkedIn, where you and I might connect on LinkedIn, but if we don't have anything in common or any common connections or what, the chance of you and I speaking, Ryan, are probably nil. Yep. Uh, AdvisorNet, we have thousands and thousands of advisors from every company. I think we have 850 companies or some crazy number. Uh, of people in there that are just waiting for you to reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I left Duluth, Minnesota when I was coming out of high school and I have no clue what's back there. And now you come, you're getting out of the military 15 years later and you find out that Lockheed's there, Raytheon's there. There's tons of advisors there that want to help you and tell you about the opportunities. So networking is key. Also LinkedIn. Right. I I tell everybody, you got to have your own little board of directors. Right. You should get four or five people that to reach. And look, don't be reaching out to them and saying, hey, can you get me a job? You know, reach out and say, hey, I'm a transitioning veteran and, you know, I'm coming out of the military. And could you just give me some pointers on, you know, being a project management? What the hell does that really mean? Right. Uh, You know, they, they to 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 be able to have somebody like that. So make sure you go to advisor and make sure you're getting on LinkedIn and building that, you know, little board of directors. So you have four or five people in this environment, you know, when it comes down to finding a great job uh, and they're there, don't get me wrong. They, they're there. Um, make sure you get on advisor net too. Raytheon posted 80 jobs last week. I saw that were on there. Um, G and W, right? I mean, Genesee and Wyoming's this huge train uh, company. You probably never heard of them. I, I really didn't know them other than I traded them. So I didn't know much about them. Uh, but they post hundreds of jobs on there. You could come out of the military, never dream that you were going to be uh, a train conductor and get a great career and make great money as a conductor of trains. They're dying to get people. So there's so many different opportunities out there, right? If you just go after them and you have an open mind, like you said, maybe you have to take a step back. Uh, but, you know, the time to take chances are now, not when you're 10 years into your career. Yeah, no. And and that's what I definitely wanted to highlight. Um, you know, I, I respect the fact that, yes, and when we say take chances, you know, yes, it's crazy what's going on right now. And, you know, hunkering down, uh, you, you know, you're not, you're not going to go out from left field, but, um, you know, if you find yourself in that position to time, I really do. I mean, look at some of the organizations that grew out of the recession, grew out of the great depression. I mean, uh, they, they, the, the now's again, like we talked about the void is going to be open and it's going to be time to fill some of that void. Um, you know, it frankly truly is. So, you know, and, and the great part about us military people is we probably have the planning to get it done. You know, you might not have, you might have to touch up on, you know, uh, your SWOT analysis or your, uh, um, business plan on how to put together a business plan. But I mean, you can plan, uh, I guarantee it. You can plan risk and you can plan in detailed and you can plan on a timeline and on a budget. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just the willingness to want to go ahead and do that and take that risk. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I really truly think the risk is, 
is less on betting on yourself as long as you're confident and, and have some skill and have that network and the people to help coach you through to do that than it would be to just, uh, you know, go, go seek some employment somewhere and then, and then risk, uh, you know, you know, what, what control you do or don't really have at that point, other than, you know, just being a hard, good worker type thing. Cause like you said, uh, you go back to the list of four people, just the good people, the good, honest, great, good employee. They're, they're getting laid off. Number one, number two, the, those with translatable skills are getting laid off. Number two, you know, so, uh, you know, now's the time to, to craft your perfection, um, you know, your trade and, and perfect it, if you will, and, and move forward from there. Adapt and overcome, adapt and overcome. Absolutely. So, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, it's been a wonderful episode, Tim, and, and everything that you've uh, you talked about and provided, I, you know, uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to highlight that we didn't talk about or that you highlighted that I just want to cover back to you because I have an episode uh, it's with, uh, Sandy Artman. He's a recruiter for KCM SCCN. He was a 06 who separated and he did the same, you know, it's funny. You said the senior individual and he admits it. I haven't released the episode as of this moment, but, uh, he admits it. He just said like, Oh, I'm an 06 and I've been a recruiter and I've done this and done that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have no problem finding a job. I don't need to network. Well, he even says it. My network was in Fort Knox, Kentucky. Outside of that, I didn't really even have a network in the army more or less outside of the army. Uh, and then, and then I thought my, my resume had, well, I did this and that, and it was, it was directed all over the place. It was just like a list of accomplishments, you know? So, uh, and, and he struggled to find employment as an 06, uh, for, for several, um, several months until he finally got his act together, so to speak. So, um, it doesn't matter what your rank is. Um, it just matters, uh, that you take advantage of some of these resources like American corporate partners and that you, you know, have an open mind and that you adapt and overcome and, and fill those, what you don't knows with knows, you know, and then come up with a game plan. You, you need to humble yourself, no matter who you are. I had a major general come up to me at an event about a year ago and look me dead in the eye and said to me, I don't have a clue what I'm going to wind up doing. You know, I know what I'd like to do. And I, I, you know, I have some thoughts, but I really don't know. And I mean, I could see it in his face and he had a book. He was taking notes. This guy was all over it, you know, and I loved it, you know, because one, he walked up to somebody who, you know, he knew who I was and he was introduced to me through another good friend of ours. Uh, but he humbled himself and he said this, you know, he's co-president right now of a foundation. He's a C he's an advisor to a CEO. He got a mentor in our program who he totally, uh, you know, just locked in with and just absorbed everything the mentor could give to him. Uh, and I'm just blown away by, it, you know, I think that is just uh, what it's all about. You know, in the military, we're built up to be this superstar and, you know, invincible, crashing through walls, going into, you know, everything. But at the end of the day, man, we all get up and put our pants on the same way. And, uh, you know, there is no such thing as self-help. You got to get help, brother. You know, even if you go to YouTube and you're going to build that damn house yourself, somebody had to put the YouTube on there. Somebody yeah. had to write the self-help book for you to get the, the, the parameters to do stuff. Come on, get some help and get her done. Yep. And I know, I know, um, 
Uh, you, I, I don't know if you know him personally, but do you know Scott, Scott better at all? Uh, sure. you know, he mentors. That, yeah. Yeah. That's so, our Disney yeah, guy. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, he's a best-selling author. Well, I didn't even know him through all this. I just got recommended through uh, another veteran, uh, you know, Hey, you should have him do a resume episode. So I just cold messaged him, um, you know, basically said, Hey, I hear you're out here. You know, you're, you're, wrote a book and, you know, cause every, I mean, a lot of people are best selling authors these days, you know, with Amazon and, and all that jazz. And I don't take anything away from them because I will never be one of them. But I was just like, ah, you know, like, yeah, whatever. There's authors are, are I'm tripping over them left and right on LinkedIn right now. So I just messaged him and uh, he came back and he said, I liked how you just said, Hey, this is, a, this is a guy who knows what he wants. And he's, you know, I guess 300 characters to come out and ask for it. And he came out and asked for it. And, uh, and, you know, we collaborated on an episode talking about, you know, how veterans uh, can articulate themselves a little bit better in their resume. So, uh, and then it was after kind of, after he accepted that request, I kind of really got into details. Cause you know, I saw the Disney stuff in there and then I started going through and I'm like, Oh yeah. He's been to the white house twice because of his book and like, Oh, he works for ACP. Oh, he, he's well-respected. Oh, he knows this person, that person. I'm like, man, I really could have crafted that intro a little bit better, but, uh, <laughs> but he's a great individual who just, who just saw the passion, um, you know, that I was trying to do to help. So, so he, he, you know, accepted him. We, we moved on from there. So it was awesome. Yeah. He's so one- don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing, listen here and, and every one of your listeners, if you can help somebody, be kind, brother. If you can help somebody, it will come back tenfold. If you can get a resume to somebody, if you can spend 10 minutes on the phone with somebody, if you could give a little bit of guidance, help somebody's kid out, whatever it is, do it. Do it because it comes back tenfold. I, I swear, you know, I'm blessed to have a huge network, a lot of friends, people I can pick up the phone tomorrow. I tried my hardest to try to help people wherever I could along the ride. If somebody called me up and said, hey, Timmy, can you take a look at this or do this? You know, it doesn't take much, man, and it will come back. And I'm not saying do it because, it, you know, you're going to get something out of it. I just, you know, karma, call it what it is. Uh, good things happen to good people. So uh, people like Scott Vetter, top of the class, man. He's, uh, he's one of those guys who, who has helped hundreds of veterans uh, and people in general. So a lot of great people in the world, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. There is. Uh, and, and like you said, pay it forward. You know, you might not be able to, hopefully you can help that other person that, that person that helped you back someday, but those who truly understand and get it there, they just realize, Hey, it's, it's going to trickle down. Like, is it, is it easy to help somebody who's been in the game for 30 years? I mean, I don't know. Okay. Are you helping me out right now? Yes. Am I helping you out? Probably not as much. Am I going to try to find a way hopefully, am I really going to find a way? Probably not. Uh, but, but, uh, us having this conversation, is it going to help somebody else out more than likely? So, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day, you know, especially in our, our tight knit veteran community. Um, cause, cause you're right. It does come back around cause it is a small community. Amen. It certainly is. Well, I'll appreciate that. Everything, Tim, I'll have the, uh, all the, in the show notes, I'll make sure I highlight the ACP advisor, dot uh advisor net i actually just checked it on my phone because i didn't know it existed so i'm going to make sure i get on there yeah uh, as a means to to uh help uh help others out and learn learn more myself so i uh, appreciate everything tim uh it's been an amazing uh episode and uh yeah absolutely love it love what you guys are doing and can't say thank you enough 
Thanks, Ryan. Stay safe, brother. Thanks for what you're doing. Have a great day. Absolutely. Lay up. Lay up. Lay up. Hi ho, lock and load. Thanks, Tim. It's truly an honor having you on, speaking with such passion and highlighting what American Corporate Partners really does and the value it brings to transitioning service members and veterans and just highlighting some of the key points uh, that we talk about over and over at View from the Skies uh, and how to transition and make your transition more effective, uh, both in your career search and career hunt, but also um, in finding yourself and finding your passion and and what you value uh, in your post-military career. So uh, it's been truly an honor it's what we're all about here, leaving the foxhole better for the next person. View from the skies out. <laughs>